I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 of WXUT's After Further Review and Jacob Lethal Beats as we get into the college football playoff preview. Frank was antsy to get into it, so Frank, uh, let us know what you're, you're thinking. Hopefully you guys actually checked out our my proposal of getting rid of bowl games and just having the top 16 teams play in you know a tournament format first two rounds home sites and then after that neutral sites and then the championship game kind of like this one coming up at you know one of the bowl game sites uh, for like you know the big bowl game new year six bowl game sites but it's just the national championship but we got clemson and lsu the bagger the B- battle of the tigers it's like lsu likes to say go but not spell it g-o Go, Frank. Go. What do you think uh, your uh, predictions are? You know, after watching, after watching both semifinal games, and I've watched both teams quite a bit this season. LSU kind of a lot more. I think I think that Clemson's run of twenty-five straight wins or however many is going to come to an end, and just because I think LSU is. Um, has taken their game to another level. I mean, we've seen what Joe Burrow has done. I mean, that first half against Oklahoma was just flat out astronomical. Do I think that, Do I think he's going to duplicate that? No. But I think LSU is just so diverse on offense. You've got Burrow to throw the ball. you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the backfield. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson – Terrace Marshall, Thaddeus Moss, all those receivers. And plus, I think their defense has started to step up too, especially in their bat in their secondary. Derek Stingley, one of their corners, uh, Grant Delpit, safety, who I'm a big fan of. I think I think Clemson is gonna keep it close. I don't I don't see them getting blown up because they all they're always going to throw everything on the table, leave it all out on the field. I think LSU is probably going to win, I'll say, 38-31. And then they end up covering the minus six. And for anyone who's into betting, it opened up at LSU minus four and a half. It's now minus six, according to the Action Network. David, your thoughts? Yeah, I think for me, well, one, I'm going to lean with Clemson because I think having that national championship experience, being here before, having that kind of know-how, what to expect and everything, I think that will get them greatly. And then also, LSU has all the pressure of the world in the entire country on them because the entire season they've been kind of high-powered offense, you know, beat Alabama, go to the SEC championship game, win, kind of number one or number two the majority of the season. And on top of that, Joe Burrow having the God of you know, exchange stats, winning the Eisen Trophy, like all the pressure is on them to finish the job, especially with what they did against Oklahoma. 
couple weeks ago. Like, for Clemson, they've been here before. They're playing without money. If they lose, it's like, great. You know, we're still been here multiple years. There's still legacy, dynasty for Davos Sweeney. Like, it's, I won't say it's cemented, but it just kind of further instills that, hey, this is a pretty darn good coach in this program that's consistently one of the best of the best. But for LSU, if they lose it, well, you did all this winning and stuff and then nothing to show for it. And then on top of that, hey, it's a de facto home game for all these Louisiana kids. It's like, hey, playing the Superdome for a national championship. And then knowing that if you lose, everyone in that state is going to be like, you let us down in front of all your friends, family. Like, so that's a lot of pressure for these kids. And I don't know if, like they, they're used to pressure in the LSU, you know, being in the SEC and beating Alabama. But this was just another level. So I think with the pressure finally gets to them. I think Clemson does does what a lot of people think is the unthinkable. Even though I think it's, it's going to be a pretty good match. But yeah, I got Clemson once again raising the national championship. Well, and and then here's something else, David. I want you to consider. The health of their two receivers, Justin Ross and T. Higgins. I mean, against Ohio State, T. Higgins got banged up, sat out most of the game. I think I believe he did return. And Justin Ross is a little bit gimpy as well. So I think the health, the health of those two guys, I think, is definitely going to play a factor because those are tre- those are Trevor Lawrence's favorite two targets. And plus, he's also got ETN on the backfield as well. Well, is that is that something that Clemson fans should be concerned about is the health of their receivers? Uh, I would say I'd say yes and no. I'd say yes, obviously, because these are two of our receivers that we saw and kind of throughout the college football season. It's been like, okay, these guys are going to go to the league and they're going to be first-round no-brainers. But then at the same time, Clemson has and this is probably going to be debatable, I think Etienne is the best offensive player on the field for both teams. That's just personal opinion. And so I think what he can do dynamically and how he can break away from the game, I think that will help balance a little bit if either of those or both of those receivers are unable to play. But I like LSU has skill players and weapons and targets, but close enough too. And we know that if neither of those two can play, there's probably, you know, a redshirt freshman he's probably like six five you know, 225 that can fly up the building. So I would be a little nervous, but I know that they have some weapons waiting in the ring that if they need to step up, that's up mentality, they'll come in and ball out. That's fair. That's definitely fair enough. So what do you think the score is going to be? I say 38-31 LSU. Um, I'll say... I'll say 35-31 Clemson. I, I think it will be close. I don't think it will be this high-powered, high-scoring offense. You may see little glimpses of that, so it could be the exchange touchdown maybe midway through the second quarter. So, yeah, I think this will be a control game, and this game will really show if Joe Burrow is actually as good as everyone thinks he is or if it's just, hey, it took you five years to be great. That late maturity, but either way, I think we're going to see a pretty darn good matchup. And do I want 
Clemson to win? Yeah. Would I be shocked if LSU wins? No, because it's been long overdue. Yeah, it's very true. Well, I, and plus, I got, I got to go, I got to go to LSU in this one just for my family down in Louisiana, especially my, my uncle Mike and my cousins, Brian and Joseph and their respective families. So I'm, I'm expecting a good one. And so, Derek, you got anything to add? Oh, yeah, I think it'll be a, a, a good game. Uh, I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Gerald Burrow is going to actually, you know, do what he did against video game numbers in the first half against Oklahoma. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, again, oh, no, not at all. Then again, you, ne- you never know. I will, though, I'd say I think I'll get uh, give the edge to um, LSU, though. I, I'm just, I think it's th- their year. Um, once again, like I said, I won't, I won't give you a score or anything like that. I just think the edge possibly could go to um LSU, but Clemson has fought through. I kind of wish it would have been Ohio State, LSU, but, you know, that's more of a storyline thing where, you know, Joe Burrow used to be at Ohio State going against his former team. Um, does anyone know, and I've been trying to look it up, why it was a two-week wait to this Monday for the national championship? Usually they do the national semifinal in a week later. It's, you know, the next Monday, obviously, uh, is the national championship game. But obviously, you can kind of wait two weeks. And it's almost like you forget about it. It's like we're in the middle of January. And we're still doing bowl games. Yeah, I, I, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, the only reason why I kind of figured that is maybe they were expecting the Saints to have a playoff game on, that su- on one of those Sundays and – you know, it'd take it'd be too much of a hassle to get it, get the field changed in less than twenty four hours. Nah, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying I agree with it. It's just kind of. That's just kind of a thought because you gotta go. You gotta go through and change. You gotta go through and get all the logos changed on the turf. You gotta right. cover up all the logos in the stadium. Put all this stuff in. Do this, that, other, and this. But then again, how do they know? A wait a minute, but how do they know that? Um. Um. That the the Saints were going to have a playoff game, though. I mean, come on. Well, maybe, maybe, well, maybe they figured that they would. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they guarantee. They just thought, you know, maybe it was a possibility, and we kind of just want to, you know, just gotta make sure we have all our eyes dotted and T's crossed to make sure we don't have, we don't end up having a, a rhubarb on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's because you know they want those kids to get an extra week of school in before they, you know. I'm just kidding. It's probably more money kind of get those coaches that are going to be ESP and mothership time to coordinate everything. But yeah, it's interesting kind of the timing, why they moved it down. I'm kind of at least trying to look to see if there's any kind of announcements or anything from the network as to why they moved it. But after divisional round football, get one more, College football game and David. Yep. Oh, okay. You just you just <laughs> yeah. I just kind of petered out. I was I'm still trying to look to see kind of kind of if there's any explanation, but there's not. So yeah, they just said, "Yeah, we'll just do it on the 13th," and I was just like, oh, "All right, that's fine." Yeah, same here. Yeah, well, hopefully you enjoy watching it and everything. 
Absolutely. The only downer for me is I'm getting I won't be able to watch like the first quarter of it because we have a we have a basketball game against Einstein that night at home. So that's gonna by the time that gets done and I get wrapped up with post game, it's game's already gonna be well underway. So I'll just buy to hit a local watering hole and catch it. Okay, good. Like I said, hopefully it could be a good game. You never want a blowout, especially in the big games. Uh, you, you know, in playoff semifinal, it was kind of disappointing that the first game was pretty bad. Um, and the fact that, especially when it gets to the championship game, you, you want it to be at least, you know, pretty decent. Yeah, I agree. Anything else, Frank? Uh, nope. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. That's some good football talk today. Mm-hmm. Right. And you said you're going on, you said practice. Well, it's really a, a film session that I'm heading to. We're going to watch some film on onset. But I've got to worry about getting them took care of. They've got a real, they've got a really, they've got a three-year starter point guard. So, very, very so, Frank, so Frank, are you playing or something? Because it's like you're going to practice and look at the film and, you know, get a little bit of a workout in. No, no, no. I'm just going there because I'm on staff. Oh, oh. What do you actually, what do you do on staff? Don't you do, I thought at Dundee you were the PA guy. Well, I, I am for homies, but kind of a, I kind of just, I'm a quality control coach at practice, do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And when I'm on the road too, I basically just I sit on the bench with the iPad and do stats. Okay, so you do stats, and uh, do you work with the electronic stuff? I know when you were at UT, they said don't frank it up, so I didn't know if you were doing stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that old John Eidenmiller bit has been brought up. <laughs> oh, well, make sure I'll make sure to tell them to maybe bring it up. Blow the yeah, dust off the old like that from about six years ago. Yeah, don't frank it up. Uh, John, I didn't really give this a listen. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, Frank, you know, have fun. And then me and David will uh, keep going on with the show here as we'll uh, get into our winners and losers of the bowl game season. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, that was Frank right. Vashner there getting off of the line and remember you can always listen to 88.3 WTs after further review on Saturdays sometimes live in the studio on 88.3 WT. but if you miss it and also we also have our live uh, feed through um, after further reviews uh, Facebook page as well and then we post our links to our podcast on AFR Sports Show on Twitter but you also can get if you got the apps for iTunes or for SoundCloud, just make sure you go to WXUT's after further review. It's got a picture of Frank Baster in the horse's head, and you can see uh, or actually listen to our podcast, whether you're working out or just driving in your car or walking down the streets of anywhere or whatever city you live in. Coming up next, winners and losers of the bowl game season here with David the Man and Gotta Harris on 88.3 WXUT.